It's Friday. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge, and welcome to the show. We have got a great show for you. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia, brought to you as always by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. I was supposed to have the play-by-play announcer for the Atlanta Hawks, Steve Holman, on the show. He had to postpone on me. We're going to do the interview later today. And so calling him from the bullpen is a good friend of mine, Gabe Reynolds, who's he's going to have a podcast called the Gabe Reynolds Podcast. And uh, he has just been an incredible guest. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened to the Cowboys. He is a Dallas Cowboys fan. And then we're also going to preview the conference championships. Other than that, it is Friday, so I'm going to have my high school basketball show. And we're just going to have a lot of fun here on the show. This is episode 548 on this 27th of January, 2023. And it's the last Friday before the conference championships. Then we'll have a two-week break and then the Super Bowl, February the 12th. I can't believe that football season is almost over. It feels like it just started. All the way back in August when we had NFL preseason and high school football, and now it's about to come to a close. But if you are a hardcore football fan, we also have the XFL, the USFL, and indoor football, the Columbus Lions. All right, some of the local stuff in Columbus, the Columbus River Dragons taking on the Port Huron Prowlers for a two-game series at the Columbus Civic Center. You got the Columbus Rapids on the road down in Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Strikers. That game will be at 2 p.m. on Sunday as the women and the men's team trying to bounce back after their losses to the Memphis Americans. But next week, February the 1st, I'm up in the broadcast booth at the Columbus Civic Center calling the Columbus Rapids and the Fayetteville Fury. Kickoff time on the pitch will be at 6.15. Get your tickets today at ColumbusRapids.com. We should have a great crowd. Action in the NBA last night. You had the New York Knicks winning in overtime over the Boston Celtics, 120-117. to The Clippers, they have a very tough schedule down the stretch. Beating the Spurs, you got the Mavericks beating the Suns. The Suns are really looking to unload their team. Cleveland beats Houston. You have the Hornets beating the Bulls. That's going to be a very important game when it comes to the playing game. And the Detroit Pistons, a very good win on the road against the Brooklyn Nets. In college basketball, you had a big upset last night as USC defeated UCLA 77-64. Purdue hangs on to beat Michigan 75-70. to Over in the SEC this weekend, well, we have a big matchup, the Big 12 SEC Challenge this weekend. Here are some of the games. Auburn is taking on West Virginia. You have Alabama taking on Oklahoma. Iowa State taking on Missouri. Texas Tech taking on LSU. TCU taking on Mississippi State. Arkansas taking on Baylor. Texas and Tennessee, that's a matchup between... Two top 10 teams, both 17 and 3. Florida taking on Kansas State. And then South Carolina's taking on Georgia. They're not a part of this 
Big 12 SEC Challenge. Uh, Kansas and Kentucky, that is the marquee matchup. Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. And then another, Vanderbilt and Texas A&M. Not facing off in this Big 12 SEC Challenge. The SEC has a lot more schools in the Big 12. So four teams, sorry, you don't get to participate in this challenge. It's a, it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, because I would love to see Georgia or a Texas A&M taking on a Texas. I mean, that, that would be just so great for the sport of college basketball. Last night, the Kennesaw State Owls, they broke their record for the all-time wins in school history, defeating Austin P 84-57. And Kennesaw State is now 16-6 overall, and they are taking on Lipscomb this Saturday at 5 p.m. at the Convocation Center. I said it first here on the show that Kennesaw State is going to make it to the NCAA tournament. If that happens, I've got to get Kate Norm back on the show. She is a KSU alum and a rising star in the broadcasting industry. Yeah, definitely got to get her back on the show. ACC College Basketball this weekend. You got Duke coming to McCamish Pavilion, taking on Georgia Tech. Duke is unranked. They're 14-6. and six. I know they're missing Coach K. And Duke is... I'm thinking they're going to be a bubble team. I mean, they have not been impressive. And Georgia Tech, 8-12, and they got to get something going. I mean, maybe they can get hot like they did a couple years ago and they win the ACC and they get into the tournament. But I think that Josh Pastner is definitely on the hot seat. You have Clemson taking on Florida State. Syracuse taking on Virginia Tech. And not a whole lot of ranked opponents taking on each other. Virginia, who's projected to be a number one seed, taking on Boston College. You know, the ACC, a little weak. You got Miami, who's a ranked team, taking on Pitt. I mean, the bottom feeders in the ACC, I mean, Georgia Tech's 1-9. and Louisville is 0-9, but that, you know, Louisville's having a disaster of a season, 2-18. Uh, I mean, because their program has really fallen off. But right now, the surprise team is Clemson at 17-4, 9-1 in the conference. They'll get into this tournament. And then uh, Virginia, who won the national championship back in 2019. Tony Bennett, I mean, he's got a great team. And Virginia always plays great defense. I love what the Virginia Cavaliers do. Conference championships this weekend. I keep going back and forth between these uh, championship games. The 49ers and Eagles. Eagles are favored by two and a half. I think the matchup I want to see is Kyle Shanahan going up against Nick Sirianni. What game plan is Kyle Shanahan going to throw at Nick Sirianni? And I was looking at the schedule. The Eagles have not faced a defense like the 49ers all season. The Eagles had the easiest schedule in the NFL. There were some games where they barely beat the Colts, barely beat the Bears, barely beat the Lions. Of course, all those games were on the road. But when they faced a top 10 defense, they lost to the Washington Commanders at home. I've said before, this team is beatable. The 49ers are going to be able to contain Jalen Hurts with those linebackers, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, in the middle of the field. They're going to contain Jalen Hurts. He's going to have to throw the football to win this game. I think if the 49ers jump out early, that they could control this game and continue to run the football. Brock Purdy, he cannot be erratic. He cannot roll around in the pocket. He's just got to step up in the pocket, make some throws. He's got some accuracy with the football. If Kyle Shanahan gets George Kittle open in the flat, he could have a big game. 
I cannot wait for this game. I'm going to be excited. And I think the Eagles are the slight favorite to win, but it would not shock me if the 49ers went into Philly and won the game. Now, as far as the AFC Championship, and they're joking around, saying that it's Burrowhead, Joe Burrow's 3-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs in his NFL career, and Patrick Mahomes is a full go. I know he had the high ankle sprain, but Patrick Mahomes, he is going to be ready to go, and I actually am leaning towards the Kansas City Chiefs because I think that the coaching of Andy Reid and the fact that the Chiefs have been here five straight years could get them into the Super Bowl, although I think they're slightly limited on defense. They got some playmakers on defense, don't get me wrong. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are amazing. I think they're missing the Honey Badger. Chavarius Ward's no longer on the team. He's now with the Niners. I think the defense is taking a step back, but Patrick Mahomes is still amazing, even on a high ankle sprain. All right, it is about that time on the show. We've got some huge high school basketball games all over the Chattahoochee Valley. And what I like to do on this show is I like to list my top 10 teams from East Alabama and my top 10 teams from West Georgia. I did this during the high school football season. It was just a successful segment on the show. And my high school football show had a lot of viewers. That was very popular. As we get closer into playoff time, we have region tournaments, and we also have the state playoffs coming up. You know, we're getting ready to turn the calendar to February. You know, we're going to hit high school basketball a lot harder. And I'll go ahead and start including some of the girls' teams as well. I mean, because you have some incredible girls' basketball teams like Carver over in West Georgia, and you got Central. They got just an incredible freshman. Central's having a great year as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get into top 10 teams in East Alabama. All right, number one, it is the Valley Rams. I think the head coach, Marshawn Harper, is just doing a great job with the Rams. 23-0, 4-0 in region play. They defeated Tallahassee over the week, and then they have a huge rivalry game this Friday night against Lafayette. That place is going to be rocking. It's going to be a hostile environment. I know that the Valley fans are going to travel to that game. Uh, That's one of those games I just got to be at. That's one of those games where I may ask Coach Harper, hey, you need a PA announcer because I really want to see that game. That is going to be an incredible game. And I guarantee you that WRBL or WTVM is going to try to make their way up to Lafayette and try to get some highlights of that game. And if they can't, Hey, you need an extra camera guy? Because I would volunteer my services. All right, number two, Auburn is still a strong number two, 20-3 on the season four and one in region play. They did lose to Smith Station 59-56 on Tuesday, but they take on their longtime rival, the Bulldogs, from Opelika. I expect Roman Gagliano to play in that game. I know that I got a chance to meet him when Opelika was playing Russell County last year. All right, number three, the Central Red Devils. Central's won a state championship in football. They've won a state championship in baseball. They are on a mission to try to win a state championship in basketball. 15-9 overall, 1-2 in region play. Now, they've had a long break. They lost to Auburn a couple weeks ago, 61-56. Their next game is not until February the 2nd when they take on Hewitt Trustful on the road. Number four, Lee Scott Academy. They defeated Glenwood 66-42 last night. They are 24-1, 10-0 in their region for the AISA. 
Now, Lee Scott Academy's only loss, I was there. I was calling the game with Thrift Berenger. It was to St. Ampicelli during the Border Wars. Number five, Lafayette. This is a huge game. They're taking on Valley tonight. They did defeat Beauregard 56-54 during the week. 16-6 overall, 5-1 in region play. Number six, the Glenwood Gators. Although they lost to Lee Scott Academy last night, they're still a strong 18-8, 6-3 overall in region play. Head coach Dusty Purdue, he picked up his 500th victory. They got a big game against Abbeville Christian, and Thrift Barringer is going to be calling that game. He has asked me to join him. So I will be on the broadcast with Thrift Barringer at Glenwood this weekend as they take on Abbeville Christian. Number seven, Russell County. Now, my days of being a public address announcer at Russell County are over, but I still follow this team. I want to see them do well. They did lose to Eufaula 75-65. to but they are 12 and 9 overall, 2 and 1 in region play. They've gotten some big region wins, including over Park Crossing. They got another big one on the road this weekend, taking on Pike Road. Number eight, Lochapoca. The Poca Way is working in basketball too. 12 and 11 overall, 6 and 1 in region play after getting a big win over Maplesville. And another big rivalry game this weekend, taking on Notasaga. Number nine, I put Smith Station in here in this rankings. Even though they're 7-11, 1-2 in region play, they did get the win over Auburn. And they will be battle-tested next week on the 31st of January when they take on Russell County. That's going to be down in Seal, Alabama. And then number 10, I got Notasaga. Take it on Lochapoca this weekend. They are 12-7 overall, 5-1 in region play. All right, moving over to the other side of the river to West Georgia. And who else? It was hard to pick number one because I'm grouping in the GHSA and the GIAA. I had Thrift Berenger on the show yesterday. We did talk a little bit about the rankings in high school basketball. The rankings are a little bit different. And it's not a bias because he calls games for St. Ampicelli. But here we go. My ranking, I got the Spencer Green Wave, number one. And the reason why... You know, I know they lost to Northside in the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. It was a buzzer beater. But the Spencer Green Wave, steamrolling in their region. 15-4 overall, 8-0 in region play. Tyson McDaniel is just a beast. I think he's going to play at the next level. Spencer won a state title for 4A last year. They are not skipping a beat. They are dominating in 2A. They defeated Kendrick 94-50 on Tuesday. And they traveled to Macon this weekend to take on Rutland. Number two, I put St. Ampicelli. I know this is Thrift's number one team, but the St. Ampicelli Vikings get a big win over their crosstown rival, the Brookstone Cougars, 67-46. And they are 14-4 overall, 4-0 in region play. They are traveling up to Atlanta to take on the winless St. Mary's Academy this weekend. Number three, the Northside Patriots. Even though they lost a couple of games, they lost to McIntosh. They are 12 and 4 overall, 3 and 1 in region play. I dropped them because they play in 5A. So when you get to the state playoffs, I know they're a top 10 team, but Northside is going to play some juggernauts. They did defeat their longtime rival, Harris County, 74 to 56. But they will host Drew out of Riverdale, Georgia. Drew has not won a game yet, but this is a important region game for the Northside Patriots. Number four, I got the LaGrange Grangers continuing to roll 
16 and 4 overall, 7 and 2 in their region. You know, we thought this region was going to be tough for football. It's tough for basketball because I think that Fayette County, Trinity Christian, Whitewater, they got some great basketball programs. They did defeat Trinity Christian 65 to 47. And they have to travel on the road to Fayetteville to take on Whitewater this weekend. It's going to be a great matchup. Number five, I got Chaco. Chaco gets a big win over Manchester, 63 to 48. Chaco is 16 and four overall, six and three in region play, and they will take on Central of Talbotton this weekend. Number six, I got the Manchester Blue Devils, 14 and four overall, two and two in the region. After losing to Chatco, they will host Taylor County out of Butler, Georgia this weekend as well. I got Brookstone at number seven. Brookstone at 12 and 10, 4 and 2 in their region. Right now, I mean, they're trying to get a good shot because they're going to get another shot at St. Ampicelli in a couple weeks. But they take on Westfield School and the Brookstone Cougars. Still got them pretty high on, on my rankings. I mean, they are a very good team. Just running into a juggernaut in St. Ampicelli. Number eight, I dropped the Columbus Blue Devils because of their region play. 10-10 and 10 overall, 1-4 and four in the region. But they're taking on their rival, the Carver Tigers, this weekend at Columbus High School. And I know Carver's having a tough season. They've only won three games. But you throw out the record books when you're taking on your crosstown rival. And... By default, Columbus and Carver, because they moved down to 3A, are rivals, especially here in the city of Columbus. The Hardaway Hawks, I've got them at 8-13 overall, 0-4 in region play, and uh, they're taking on the syrup makers of Cairo. This is going to be on the road. I think uh, I left the Shaw Raiders out because I bumped up the Kendrick Cherokees. I know that Kendrick lost to Spencer. And they're getting ready to take on Central of Macon, hosting them this weekend. Kendrick is 7-12 overall, 3-5 in their region. Kendrick could sneak into the playoffs. And so I just wanted to give the Kendrick Cherokees some love. I know that Cortez Cheney, who is a friend of the show, the point guard for the Georgia Vipers, he's been on the show a couple of times, a proud Kendrick alum. And I just wanted to give him and his alma mater some love here on the rankings i'll try to get shaw back in i actually want to try to see on february the third shaw is taking on hardaway and i've got to reach out to coach horton and see if he needs a pa announcer for that game because i think that that's going to be a big game and i just want to go see it i'm actually one of these part-time broadcasters that's willing to fill in as a pa announcer if you ever need me so i'm reaching out to these high school basketball coaches and trying to get the name out that I'm willing to fill in on the broadcast. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on Gabe Reynolds. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Gabe here on the show. We are back on the show, and I have got Gabe Reynolds here on the show. Gabe, I have to ask you the same question Stephen A. Smith asked Michael Irvin. What happened to the Cowboys? Man... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That was, that they choked. I just say that they they choked on that one. The game was there. They 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 played, but they didn't perform in the, in the big moment. Defense didn't step up. 
You let George Kittle get free when it was a third down play and could have got him off the field and he made that catch. And that just sparked the 49ers after that. The Cowboys just aren't – they aren't there yet to get over that hump. They just can't get over that hump yet. They're almost there, but they're not there yet. And then with, with uh, Pollard going out with the injury, that really took a lot out of their uh, out of their passing game. I did think that Pollard injury was huge. My question is about Dak Prescott. Is he going to be the starting quarterback in 2023? Yeah, I think he will. I don't I don't see them being able to get um, one of the elite quarterbacks out there. I don't see Rodgers going. I don't see Brady going. What's going to suck is he doesn't have anybody to push him because I don't think Cooper Rush is going to be there. He's going to be gone. And I don't think the Cowboys have enough in the cap to go after, say, a Lamar Jackson. I think Dak could be the be the quarterback. I just think Jerry Jones got to he's got to get better playmakers around. He's got to screw up that offensive line, and he's got to go get playmakers on defense. You got to go. You got to go get more playmakers on defense. Yeah, the one thing I thought that hurt the Cowboys this year is not re-signing Amari Cooper. They didn't really have a good number two wide receiver to complement C.D. Lamb. I thought C.D. Lamb had a great game against the 49ers. I actually, you know, Gabe, as a 49ers fan, when it was tied at 9-9 and Dak Prescott was pinned back deep in his own end zone and threw that bomb to CeeDee Lamb, I seriously thought the Cowboys were going to win that game. I agree. Like, CeeDee Lamb and, and Amari Cooper, they're going to take the top off uh, on, on any any cornerback, and they're going to stretch the field. But you can, you know, even if you line – line C.D. Lamb up against in, in different places and in space, uh, in the slot or or anywhere, he's going to draw uh, attention. You had receivers coming off injury. You went and got T.Y. Hilton, but Hilton can only do so much, and he came in late in the game. You need a true uh, tight end that can, that can take the top off as well. And speaking of tight end, if he would have got his foot down, then and then got out of bounds. That would have stopped the clock. So it was a it's a lot of stuff from clock management to late game situation to coaching. It, it's a lot of stuff that that went into that, and it was just a jumbled mess, a, a huge jumbled mess for the Cowboys that that night. Well, you as a Cowboys fan and myself as a 49ers fan, I mean, we really got to enjoy a great game. I actually enjoyed watching the game from start to finish because it was two physical power teams going up against each other. It kind of reminded me of the 2011 game between Alabama and LSU when it was 9-6. to six. 45 million people watched it, Gabe. It was the second most watched divisional playoff game since Cowboys and Packers, the 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 catch where Dez Bryant should have caught that ball and he did catch it. Dez caught it. Dez, Dez did catch it. it. Yes, he caught that's it. That's what I was saying. He did catch it. So and I still stick with that to this day. Dez caught it. I agree with you, Gabe. Dez did catch it. But you know, it. I, like I said, I, I still think the as, as a Cowboys fan, I'm I'm a realist. They they underestimated. They came in 
in my opinion, overconfident. And when 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 Zeke couldn't run the ball and get going, then you had with the injury. And even Shanahan said, we game plan for Pollard and stop Pollard. They didn't really game plan for Zeke. So mm. with Pollard going out, it made the play. It made the uh, the defensive um, assignment. It made it a little bit easier. So I, I don't know. I, I I I just think that the Cowboys. It's the, yeah, we need another wide receiver, but you got Gallup. Um, he should be more healthy next year than he was this year. And then you just need to get um, a tight end, Pollard, to be back. Now here's the thing. I think I think Zeke is gone. I think that I think I don't think they're I don't think Zeke is back next year. I think they're gonna they're gonna re-sign Pollard. They're gonna give him a, a bigger payday, and he's gonna shoulder more to load. That's just my opinion. That's what I think. Now, what about the Cowboys signing Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't think it's gonna make a difference. I think they the receiving core that they have right now let that be. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is is a good. Uh, locker room guy, he's going to get you uh, one or two catches. He's not going to be the one that's going to, you know, be a playmaker or anything like that. I don't think you need the distraction of Odell. He's not a T.O. He's not going to be a difference maker. That's just my opinion. Uh, I like what they have uh, right now. I think that money could be spent on going after a marquee linebacker or going to get a um, – a marquee cornerback. All right, Gabe, let's talk about these conference championships. I'm going to start with the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by two and a half. The Eagles are favored by two and a half, mainly because they are playing at home. They have been the best team all year. You've seen the Eagles twice. What type of team is the Eagles this year that the 49ers are facing? They're explosive. They're, They're explosive on offense, and they're physical on defense like they're very physical on defense so defensively both teams match up both teams are are like right there but i don't think that i think it's going to come down to who can adjust the plan in the element and that favors philly yeah debo is going to run angry yeah kittle is going to do his part but i don't i think they're going to get to i think they're they're going to Eagles defense is going to get to Brock Purdy, and it's going to show why Purdy was the last pick in the NFL draft. Remember, he's still a rookie, and he's going to make some mistakes. He made some the other night against the Cowboys, but he didn't make as many, so it didn't stand out as much. But I think the Eagles are going to get him. They're going to they're going to pressure they're going to pressure uh, Purdy. They're going to blitz, uh, but then you got. You got a lot of playmakers on the other side for uh, that the, that the Niners defense got to worry about. You got Devontae Smith, you got AJ Brown, and then you got Jalen Hurts. Like it, it, it's gonna like you, Hurts got more weapons, and the the, the the threat of him running is gonna be a lot. I, I think I think the uh, I think the the tie goes to the Eagles in this. I definitely feel the Eagles are probably going to win the game because they are playing at home but looking at their regular season they were fast out the gate and they just had the better record when the season ended 
Remember, Jalen Hurts was 14-1 and as a starter. Garner Minshew comes in there, and the Eagles lose to the Cowboys and lose to the Saints. That Giants game was a very close game at, at the end of the season, and I don't really think that them beating the Giants the way they did is really going to measure up on how they face the 49ers. It should be a great game. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think the Eagles are beatable. Remember, the Washington Commanders went into Philly and beat them in the regular season, and they played a lot of teams with bad records really close. They barely beat the Bears. They barely beat the Colts. Looking down this regular season, although Jalen Hurts has had an MVP-type season, he's really going to have to use his arm because I don't think the 49ers are going to allow him to get a whole lot of rushing yards. I think the 49ers' main goal is to stop the run. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to have to win this game through the air with his receivers, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. And, you know, if, if you double A.J., then that leaves Devontae open. If you put them in one on one, I like I like um I like AJ and Devontae to be able to win those one on one matchups. I think that's ultimately what it's gonna come down to. Uh I agree with you. It may it's gonna be a back and forth game. Um, but it's it's also gonna be a very physical game. I don't think that Jalen's gonna be able to throw the ball as much as he wants. He's going to have to extend plays by using his leg to allow his uh, receivers to get uh, to get open and get down the field. All right, the AFC Championship, I actually have a feeling that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this game. And I think if Joe Burrow gets in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes, I strongly feel that Joe Burrow has more weapons than Mahomes, even though he has the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey. But no more Tyreek Hill. Yes, he still has Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanlon and Kadarius Toney. But Patrick Mahomes is a little bit hobbled with the high ankle sprain. I just think if he gets in a shootout with Joe Burrow, I truly favor the Bengals because they have a better run game and their defense is slightly better. I think that Kansas City has some holes on their defense. Well, I don't know if you heard what's been said, but uh, Burrow has coined it Burrowhead Field. So he's all he's already like not Arrowhead, Burrowhead. So he's that team is coming in riding high. Remember, KC they beat KC last year. So they're confident. They're confident going into this game. They just went into Buffalo and beat Buffalo like handedly. Like it wasn't even close. They had a the final score was what it was, but it, it wasn't close. So I I think that 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 Cincinnati is gonna go in there and do the same thing. I think they're gonna go in there and win it. Gabe, let's switch gears and talk about the NBA. You being in Tennessee are a Grizzlies fan, but unfortunately they have lost four straight. All four games have been on the road. They lose to the Warriors the other night. Can the Memphis Grizzlies make it to the NBA Finals this year? I, I don't. I don't think they can get to the finals uh, this year. I think they can get to. They have the ability to get to the Western Conference Finals, yeah, um, like they did in two, 2013. Right, but I don't think they, unless they jail together, Jaron Jackson um, starts playing a little bit better. Because right now, it's that team is still young, like. A lot, of, a lot of people forget that 
they're still the youngest team in the NBA. Um, Adams being out these these next uh, few weeks, you're you're gonna see if somebody can step up, um, then maybe. But you also, you know, after the All Star break, I I don't see. I think they may fall down from the two seed. They'll still be in the top four, in my opinion, but they may fall down to like the the the, the three or the four, and then it just depends on who they play after that. Um, but I don't I don't I don't rule them out getting to the finals. I don't think they will get to the finals. I think um, they'll get to the they can get to the Western Conference Finals, but then after that, uh, that that they'll run into either Golden State or they'll run into Denver. And that's where the magic will run out at right there. Well, it should be an interesting playoff matchups in the Western Conference because if the Lakers do sneak in, they just got Anthony Davis back. They traded for Rui Hachimura. There you go. There's the Lakers three-point shooter that they needed. I'm telling you, the Lakers could be a dangerous team in the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a tall task to actually win two play-in games just to get the number eight seed. Because if you look at the play-in tournament, they have to get all the way up to the seven or the eight seed just to get awarded the number seven seed. I just don't see the Lakers catching anybody, even though they're two out of Dallas. It is going to be hard. I, I just don't think. Do you think the Lakers could just run the table just because they have everybody back and they got Rui Hachimura now? As long – I mean, the way the way LeBron is playing right now, like he's playing out of his mind. He's playing lights out right now. Davis coming back and Hachimura being there. Like, he's going to – the center for the Lakers, since, who, who's been playing since Davis has been out, has actually shown a lot of promise. So now you can count on him in big games. And even with Davis coming back, you can put Davis at the four, put that center at the five, and LeBron at the uh, three, and then just, just let it go. And if you go small – yeah, even though Davis doesn't like playing at the five, his best numbers are when he's playing the five. I think they can they got a chance to catch Dallas and get to the seven. Um, but if they don't and Golden State starts surging, it's gonna make it even harder. But I think I think the Lakers can can get there. They just gotta they just gotta start firing on all cylinders and they gotta get on they gotta get on a nice run. Right now, my early picks for the NBA Finals, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be Brooklyn and Denver. Let's just say, yeah, Denver will get the number one seed, and they might surprise everybody, especially with the Joker, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. I think the Denver Nuggets could be sneaky good, and you can have a, a Finals where you have the Denver Nuggets and the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know, man. We still got to, you know, there's, there's rumors out there that uh, uh, Phoenix may may blow everything up and start over. And if that happens at the trade deadline, now you got um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Uh, you got all of them. You got you got all of those guys in Phoenix that get traded. Um, and they can end up at a, they can end up, Chris Paul could end up as a contender. What hey, how would what would it look like if Chris Paul finally gets with LA and you get because 
Pat Beverly hasn't done anything all year. He's been missing in action. Um, you trade, you trade somebody from LA to get Chris Paul, or you trade somebody, you trade a, a, a Devin Booker to the East to like Milwaukee, uh, to pairing with Giannis. Like, who knows? So many possibilities out there. Yeah, but do you think that Chris Paul would go to the Lakers? I mean, the commissioner one time vetoed that trade. Yeah, but that commissioner is no longer the commissioner no more. Now oh, you're right. Adam Silver is now the commissioner. Uh, what about a team like Sacramento? I think that that is an incredible story. The Sacramento Kings could break their longest postseason drought. They have not made the playoffs since the greatest show on court with Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, Doug Christie. But now Sacramento, they already have two all-stars, De'Aaron Fox and Domitatis Sabonis. I just love their pieces. Harrison Barnes, you have Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray. They just got a lot of great pieces. I think that Sacramento has finally hit on their lottery picks, and they could possibly make the playoffs this year. They finally also got a good coach that can come in there and develop. Like, um, shout out to – Mike Brown for getting in there and uh, developing. And, I mean, he basically just brought the Golden State recipe that Steve Kerr brought from San Antonio from Pop, and he's taking it down to uh, Sacramento, and he's he's running that system down there. And, and it's starting to pay off, and it's paying off early. You know, nobody really gave Sacramento a chance this year, but it's paying off early right now. And just watching the Kings for an entire decade with on draft picks like Marvin Bagley Jr., Willie Cauley-Stein, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas. I mean, I, I just can go on and on. James Thompson. There's just so many draft picks they whiffed on. I like this kid, Keegan Murray. He is definitely going to be all NBA first rookie. He's going to be all rookie NBA first team. But, Gabe, uh, it is almost getting ready to the All-Star break. We're a couple of weeks away from the All-Star break. Um, who is your Rookie of the Year? Is it Paulo Boncaro? I don't know, man. Like, I, I haven't really gotten a chance to watch a lot of NBA yet. Um, but I, I, I haven't really seen many of the rookies play. So I, I really don't, don't know right now. Well, I'll tell you right now, Paulo Boncaro is averaging 20 points a game. Benedict Matherin has really been a surprise for the Indiana Pacers. I really like that combo of Benedict Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton for the Indiana Pacers. That's a team you got to watch out for. The Indiana Pacers, right now, they would be the number nine seed. They are 24 and 26 in the Eastern Conference. Wow. Man, it's a lot, it's a lot of parody this year. Like it is. A lot of parody. Um Whenever I get a chance, I can sit down and just actually watch it. Um, it's going to be interesting to uh, watch the second half of the season after the All-Star break. There's definitely a lot of parody. And here in Georgia, we have the Atlanta Hawks. And they're 25 and 24. They really have been disappointing this year because a lot of Hawks fans, the expectations were to at least get to the second round of the Eastern Conference Finals with the addition of DeJounte Murray that now Trey Young has got a complimentary superstar and the Hawks can actually compete with all these Eastern Conference teams. I mean, they kind of are up and down. I mean, they'll lose to a bad Hornets team at State Farm Arena, and then they'll go out and they'll beat the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. And I know that every team has excuses 
as far as injuries go. But do you think what is the reason why the Hawks have underachieved? Nate McMillan. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Nate McMillan. He he rolled away, and you know it's a you know you when you're the the new voice, like all right, cool, people are listening to you. You get what I'm saying? But now you got to sustain. It. What are you doing to sustain it? I don't think he still has that the ear or the pulse of the team in the locker room. Like it 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 ultimately comes down to coaching. You can't be inconsistent up and down and expect to win in this league. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, it, it, it falls on the head coach. He really hadn't been that that successful since he was with uh, Indiana. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's call, let's talk about college basketball. Uh, Texas and Tennessee is playing in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge this weekend. I have my first bracketology show. I know it's early. I mean, we can't have a bracketology show, and it's not even February. But uh, who are your number one seeds right now? Let's say that every team gets takes care of business, wins their conference tournament. Who you got as the four number one seeds? Um, I got Tennessee as a one. Um, UConn as a one. Um, uh, I'm probably going to go with, I don't know, man, the Pac-12, man. I've been I've been watching the Pac-12, and they're like – they're leapfrogging over everybody every other night. Well, right now you got Arizona and UCLA in the top ten. I know, but you, you can't count out Arizona State. You can't – you can't – you don't know what USC is going to do. Uh, UCLA might be – like, they're, they're – when I tell you they're jockeying for a position over there, like, it's like – that's some good basketball being played in the Pac-12, man. Um, I'm going to say Kansas. Yeah, they they've been – they they struggled the last couple of games, but I think self will get them back right at the right time to uh, win the Big Twelve, and then that that last that last number one seed, Bama, Alabama. What a season the Alabama Crimson Tide is having for basketball, eighteen and two, and I tell you, Gabe, they have got a special player in Brandon Miller. He's only a freshman. He he comes from Antioch, Tennessee. You're familiar with Antioch, Tennessee, right, Gabe? I'm right there in the heart of Antioch. Brandon Miller used to play for uh, Ezell Harden when he was in middle school and transferred after his freshman year at Ezell to Kane Ridge High School and went out there to his creek last year. The last two years, I got to watch him grow before he even burst on the scene this year. He has a highlight dunk from high school where he dunked, he jumped over the kid and dunked the ball in the middle of the game. Like, he did a Vince Carter in high school. It wasn't an alley-oop. He literally caught the, got the ball at half court, dribbled around, the lane opened up, and he just rose up and kept rising and kept rising and just did the Jumpman logo over the kid from the other school. And You're really watching something special in college basketball right now down in Alabama, and he won't be there much longer. He's leaving after this year. Oh, he is definitely a one-and-done player. Alabama plays Oklahoma in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Gabe, in February, their schedule gets tough. 
I know that number one seed is going to be hard. So on February the 11th, they have to travel to take on Auburn. And then on that Wednesday, they got to go to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. And also, they also have to take on Arkansas, and they travel to LSU. I mean, I could see a couple of losses in there. I think that Alabama might fall down to a number two or a number three seed. But if Alabama is going to be a championship team, these are the games you have to win. You have to win right. at Neville Arena in your in your enemy's territory in Auburn. I mean, we're talking Alabama-Auburn basketball game, but this is not football. That is going to be a huge game when Alabama plays Auburn in basketball on February the 11th. And right now, Neville Arena is really the most hostile crowd in college basketball. Yes, buddy. Bruce Pearl got Auburn rocking. If he just – if he can he – he took a tough one last night to uh, Texas A&M. But if Bruce Pearl gets, gets – he, he finds that button and he pushed the right button to get Auburn going, it's a wrap. And it's going to be a great game. That's going to be a great atmosphere. I think ESPN has that game. Um, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be rocking down there in the battle of who runs Alabama on the hardwood. And being from Columbus, if you want to go to a big-time sporting event, from experience, I already know that going to an Auburn basketball game is one of the hottest tickets around here in the Columbus area. Oh, yes. That's going to be a hot ticket regardless. Regardless. All right, Gabe, uh, before I let you go – um. Tell us uh, about this uh, podcast that you got coming up. I mean, what do you got going on? That uh, when could we see your first episode of the Gabe Reynolds podcast? Well, so hopefully, like, hopefully, um, here, here, I say around the middle of February. Hopefully, we can get get some time to get everything going. Right now, um, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I got a couple of great guests lined up here in the Nashville area. Uh, some from uh, all the way up in Baltimore and even down in in Texas uh, that I've reached out to to, uh, to get on the show, uh, but we're 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 excited uh, to do it. Looking forward to talking sports in the uh, the Nashville area and uh, local and some national, but we're 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 hoping to just hoping to get it done here soon and be on the lookout. It's gonna be very, it's gonna be very special. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun, uh, and it's gonna be produced by by Rick. So we're 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 excited. We're I'm excited, excited too. Absolutely, I'm very excited, Gabe. Uh, Gabe, as always, I just appreciate you just being a guest on the show. Hey man, as always, it's a pleasure uh, to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Look forward to talking again after the uh, conference. Uh, well, right before the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I definitely got to get you on uh, before the Super Bowl because. You know, I know I know you have a lot of Super Bowl memories out there and uh, favorite Super Bowl commercials and halftime performers. It's it's going to be a fun time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. All right. That was Gabe Reynolds. He's also the head basketball coach of the Zell Harding Christian Girls High School basketball team. And he's the also number going... five ranked. Number five. Wow. That the is number amazing. five in the state. Congratulations on all your success. As, Thank uh, you. Yeah, Coach Gabe Reynolds just doing big things uh, down at, at Ezell Harding's campus. All oh, right, yeah. that's yeah. it. That's our show. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we are out of here. Bye.
You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.